Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Apostolic Children's Ministry Podcast. Today is week number four, and we're very proud of this. So far, we've hit uh, four weeks in in uh, consecutive order. Very proud of us. And this time, we have a special episode. We have three of our teachers from our, I guess all three of our teachers, <laughs> from our toddler class, which is the two to four-year-olds with some bleed over on either end sometimes, just depending on uh, who all shows up. Uh, but we're so excited that they are here because we're going to focus on the younger ones. Typically, our podcast have been on the uh, 5 to 11-year-old range, uh, but we're going to hear on how to reach everybody. And they have years and years of experience. We have Sister Liz Machuca, we have Sister uh, Theresa Lozano, and Sister Frances Abad, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves, tell how they became involved in children's ministry, and um, well, whatever else they want to say. Why don't we start with you, Sister Abad? Okay. Um, I'm Sister Frances Abad, and... Um, I've been in church um, for quite a while. Um, I've actually started teaching when I was like in my 20s, uh, intermittently. And uh, now here recently, uh, I think about uh, this time period was about seven, eight years. It's been and a while now, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was given the opportunity to uh, teach the toddlers or go with the older kids. And I think most of it was... Um, do you want my history? Or Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So most of it was, um, I think, um, when I got introduced to Sunday school, and that was when I was about um, six, six and seven, or five, six and seven. So you were a Sunday school kid. Um, actually, it wasn't. It was story hour at that time. Okay. And so what I lived in a um, Waterman Gardens, which is the projects in. Um, Mid San Bernardino, actually, right now it's demolished. So, um, at one time it was a thriving community, I guess. But um, so there was uh, on Sunday mornings there was an older lady, and she would make her rounds throughout the community or the Waterman Gardens and invite kids to get story hour. And so um, when I had the opportunity to go, because I was like the young youngest in one of the younger ones in our family. So we went to a uh, kind of like a conference room. They had decorated it uh, with kind of like a Garden of Eden theme. And was this at a church or at the apartment itself? It was in a um, building that was the main office of all these, like where you went to pay your rent okay. of the people who lived in the Waterman Gardens. And so they had a recreation room or a conference room. And so we would that's where they would set up and the kids in the community would go there to for that story hour. And so it was decorated like in a Garden of Eden theme and I think that's where I get my decorating from. Yeah. Uh, wanting to see something really We're gonna be going to this. Sister Abad is and, incredible at decorating. Okay. And we'll we'll go into that in detail. And um, then they would sing a song, and one of the songs they sang was um, With Jesus in the Family, Happy, Happy Home. And uh, they would go through it and say, Jesus in the Family, Happy, Happy Home. Then they would talk about the father, mother, sister, brother, dogs, cats. So it was like they'd have kids up there representing each of those. And you'd always want to be up there representing something. But um, I think it got, it let, left something in me that knowing that God or Jesus, he would make your home happy. And so later on when I chose to have a family and so forth, uh, having God, choosing to serve God and live for him and knowing that he was going to be the center of 
my home and um, make it a happy home. That's incredible. I think that's a great lesson that yeah. teachers forget sometimes is how big of an impact you have on these kids. Sometimes you may not think you're reaching, but you are. And many, many years later, you see the results. You may not see it immediately, yeah. Yeah. but you'll see it later. That's beautiful. Yeah. And so you've been teaching uh, the two to four-year-olds for, like you said, the last seven, eight years. Yeah. And uh, you may not have met Sister Abad through the Sunday School videos because she teaches the younger ones. Uh, but she has been a, a standby in our In the Lighthouse uh, Sunday School teacher team. And we are so grateful that you've uh, joined us today on this podcast. Thank you. And we have Sister Lozano as well, Theresa Lozano. She also, um, you saw a brief appearance, I guess, on the last video that we did. She stopped in with all of her arms full of stuff and said, I'm finally here for <laughs> the video. Ready, but... <laughs> <sighs> Already nowhere to go. Uh, but uh, we... we uh, I guess that that 30-second appearance was just a a, a little sneak peek into what they bring to their class every week. So why don't you tell us about yourself and how you got involved? Well, I'm not very good with timelines and things like that. So I was thinking about, well, when did I start in Sunday school? Because I just feel like I've been in there forever. Um, And I know that I started before my youngest was born. And he's 13. Okay. So I'm thinking it's probably going on 14 years at this point. And I started in there... I was one of those parents. I just did a like a woo, like man, it's been a long time. Then I realized that I'm. <laughs> That's what I was I've been doing it. I'm, like, I'm old. <laughs> There's just no way around it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I just totally derailed that. No worries. So you've been teaching about 14 years. Yes, and I started out as one of those parents that would come because my daughter, one of my daughters, would not stay in the class. She was really clingy and had a hard time letting I think leave. we'll talk about that later. Parents in the classroom, sometimes it's something that you deal with that we yeah. may not have to, right. but yeah. we'll get back to that. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I was allowed to stay, and I just kind of hung out in the back as much as I could. Uh, and it got to the point where they needed some help in the classroom, and I was asked to help on a temporary basis. And you were too close. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You got sucked into the vacuum in Sunday school. I got sucked in, and I'm still here temporarily. Almost working. <laughs> that's temporarily, right. but in charge. So. Awesome. Oh, that's cool. And we have Sister Liz. Uh, you've seen her on the videos. She joined us. Well, how long has it been now? How long have you been in Sunday well, school? Well, I've been in Sunday school since... We started the series online, but in so I guess Sunday right after school, COVID, right? Right after COVID right before, started, you joined. Yeah, so that was March twenty second. But I was all behind the scenes for a while, so I was like helping with the recording, like writing up scripts, keeping everyone on track, stuff like that. Um, and then I started writing actual like puppet shows and skits and stuff. And then I was like, I'll be in a puppet show, or I'll be in a skit, or I'll help Delaney. I, I think do you songs. got pulled in. Like into the fire, like we didn't like do this gentle intro. It was just like, hey, no, today yeah. you're doing the puppet show. Yes, I remember that. It was yeah. like it's Thursday. You're, okay, you can do a puppet show Sunday, right? And I was like, okay, uh, yes. <laughs> and what we didn't know is that you would have like these panic attacks beforehand, and we yes. didn't know anything about it, like crying jags before Sunday morning. Yes, freaking out that I have to do this, but she's excited to do it, but terrified to do it. Yeah, that was, and then was really scary. Thing. Showed up. And nobody knew it was happening because mm-hmm. she held it all together and did a great job. And we wow. thought she was really just thriving. <laughs> we didn't know she was a basket case at home. I was having a hard time. <laughs> but I, know, I hope I we're past that. No, yeah, I'm past it now. <laughs> Thank God. But that, I feel like that just happened recently, probably with the toddler class when I started that. I think that kid <laughs> oh. a little bit. It's like they're little. They don't care. <laughs> 
<laughs> so again, I, I, I really. jumped off track, but you were yes. introducing yourself. So, so I got involved with bus ministry in 2019. Um, tomorrow, it'll be two years since I've started with bus. Nice. And so I started because I got married and my husband was one of the bus drivers and he's been a bus driver for like 900 years. So started there, will be two years tomorrow, and then started Sunday school when we did it all online. Um, kind of behind the scenes in the beginning and then in October of last year we started in-person Sunday school where I was a basket case every single morning um, and then whenever we opened our other classes where it was the toddler classes and the teenage classes I went back to the toddler class because I remember I was kind of like Sister Lozano where I had a daughter that was in the toddler class and I would kind of just sit in there and help in that way of just like corralling kids so um I wanted to take all the experience that I got during the pandemic and kind of try to take some of that energy and stuff that I learned into the toddler class, which is was a pretty hard transition for me. But yeah, so that's where I am now. Um, I'm a six month veteran <laughs> in Sunday school, so I'm probably I'm one of the newest Sunday school teachers. I'm a I'm a little little sprout. Well, I have big respect for all three of you. Um, a toddler class can be a challenge in some ways. It can be obviously incredibly rewarding, <clears throat> but um, <clears throat> in some ways there's not as much feedback as far as, you know, maybe not get the responses that, that you're expecting and they, they can startle a little easier and that's why I'm probably not good at it because I'm loud and obnoxious and scared children. In fact, that, I just remember this. I went into your class... Oh my goodness, several years ago. Yes, she was exactly what I'm going to say. I had a wig on, like an orange, like Like clown clown wig. Uh And I was so excited because I wanted to share this neat kids night that we were about to have. And I busted in there. I was like, guys. And what I didn't know is I terrified the children, scared them half to death. (laughs) They didn't want anything to do with me ever again, let alone the kids night. And I left just thinking, just, I just, just made a bunch of friends and I didn't realize that I scared them all. <laughs> so Aww. it's a different world and I, 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 that's why you guys are here to help us understand how to connect with that age group. Um, as far as uh, a burden for ministry, you guys have been involved so six months, 14 years and, and several years past that off and on. Um, mm-hmm. So can, can you just in a, in a few sentences, what is, what is the burden that keeps you Continue. What What do you see, or what is the uh, What do you see the, as the importance of, of what you're doing that keeps you doing it year after year? I think the importance to me is, um, like I said, having Jesus the center of or of your life, and knowing He's He can make a difference one day when He starts talking to you. Then you can uh, the kids will kind of uh, more accepting of Him or know what know about Him even. And so I think that's what I try to do, um, make sure that they know what the, the truth is, the repenting, being baptized, getting the Holy Ghost, and being ready for heaven. Awesome. And I think that's it. <clears throat> Anybody jump in there? You don't, you don't have to, but feel free. Um, I think mine started with bus and then came, like, bled into Sunday school, but a lot of it I shared one time in a teacher's meeting was, like, I'm a product of Sunday school. I'm a product of bus ministry. Like um, my mom at a very young age, I think she was like four or five, was picked up on a bus route. And so um, she started going to church. My grandparents 
you know, started going to church. They were baptized. And so I'm third generation. My children are now fourth generation apostolic Pentecostals because of Sunday school, because of bus ministry. So for me, like, I know that it's possible because I'm living proof of that. And I want to, I mean, it's not all me. Like, obviously it's God, but I want God to be able to use me. And that's why I love bus ministry so much. And I love like being involved in Sunday school, in the toddler class, in the super class, like anywhere that I can be, even if it's cleaning behind the stage, like whatever I can do, like I want to do. <clears throat> you don't know the background of some people and, until you hear their story. Uh, we just learned, I didn't know that Sister Abad, that that's your start as a six-year-old in, in story time, in Bible story time, and that set something inside of you. And Sister Liz, mm-hmm. you when uh, bus ministry started with your parents. And just a month ago, I think, Sister Lozano did a talk to our teachers, and I learned something I had never learned. Can you just kind of give us a brief recap of what you told us? Uh, to, if you knew Sister Lozano, she is like the she looks like she's been in church her whole life, you know, and raised in church and born on you know slept under a church pew. But that's not always a story. Can you just give us a brief rendition? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Um Definitely was not raised my whole life in church. Um, Had kind of a rough start. And my parents were both drug addicts when I was a kid. Um, We got invited to church when I was about eight. And my dad didn't come till I was 13. And we went through a lot with him during the time when we were coming to church, trying to get straightened out. And uh, it would even get to the point where he would come and he didn't even have his driver's license. He would—he was one of those guys that would ride around town on his bike. Mm-hmm. And um, he would come in the church, and if we were there, he would disrupt the whole service and make us leave. And, um, you know, so I, I look at some of these kids that are coming in, and, you know, they're on the bus. And I think, you know, someone came for me. Someone helped me. Someone helped my family and was there for us. And, you know, there were different people in the church that God just used tremendously. And it was things that you, you would think, you know, um, I shared that one of the ladies in the church bought me a dress Mm -hmm. and I, I didn't, I grew up with nothing. I didn't have anything. It was the nicest dress that I owned. And, you know, she took the time to make sure it fit me and it was so special to me, but just having something like that, you know, to wear and, and to kind of fit in and, uh, it, it made such a tremendous difference in my life. We had uh, people who, who helped my dad. Um, one of the brothers hired him on to work with him, and he would come in the morning, and we'd work to get my dad up. And, uh, you know, I'd get this brother coffee. I remember that that was like my thing, you know. I would, would feel bad because like, I know my dad's supposed to be going. He's not up yet, you know. So I'd get him coffee, and he'd, he'd wait. He was patient. He waited. And you'd never know now, you know, that that was the dynamic because my dad is one of the hardest-working people. And, you know, he actually teaches and preaches in their church now. And it's wow. my life is just a testament, I think, to God can take those things that weren't and make them as though they were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you never know what is going to stick with one of those kids. And I think for me with the toddler class, you know, I've I've talked to people who view it kind of as, as babysitting, but I really feel very differently about it because if you think about it, it, that might be the only time during the week at church where we're doing things specifically to reach that age group. Um, so to me, it's so, so important. And 
they do. They learn things. They pick up things. They'll come back and they'll repeat something to you. Mm. Their parents will tell you. Yeah. And, you know, for as long as I've been in the class, there's been times where I think, okay, you know, do I need to, to do a different class? Am I supposed to do something else? And I just, I can't. Um, and there have been times where it's like, am I connecting with them? Are they getting it? Or I just feel tapped out. Like, I'm not sure what I should do. I, I don't have any ideas. And, you know, and I just pray about it. And, you know, God will always, like, he'll He'll pick me back up. He'll He'll give me something. Um, and I love, I, I have to tell you, too, I absolutely love this age group. I truly believe they're the best. Yeah. Like, they're so awesome. funny. Yeah. They're so genuine. They're a lot to handle, but absolutely love that age group. And, and you should feel that way about whatever group you're teaching. They should be the most important group to you. Um, and I think sometimes as teachers, we can lose sight of what we're trying to accomplish with these kids. Mm-hmm. And what you said was so good. It's you, when you were a kid, you didn't remember necessarily the incredible object lesson. You didn't remember the game necessarily. What you remember was that person that cared for you and took care mm-hmm. of you and bought you the dress and mm-hmm. came and picked up your dad. And yeah. sometimes that's what it's all about is yeah. it's not necessarily the, <laughs> the bells and whistles it's the mm-hmm. it's the care and the love that we show the kids so all three of you are testaments of someone that did exactly what you're doing now and that's incredible um i'm going to jump directly into talking about your class um if we want to go back to some highlights of the seminar that we just went to you're welcome to in a bit but we're on this topic and i i, I think we should just go directly into it so it's definitely different than the older age group mm-hmm. And I'm learning as much as anybody here because I genuinely don't know how to connect with those age groups. So I'm going to be asking questions, probably what other people are thinking. Um, so how is it different from the older ones? What are some things that, that separate it <laughs> besides, the, you know, don't jump in wearing a wig? <laughs> I like that. Um, so like a, a pre-lesson activity play, you, you mentioned that as, as something that separates it. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, I I would say I think that's really important. And what we're talking about is when the kids are first coming in, um, just before Sunday school starts, um, and even into the beginning of what we would mm-hmm. consider the Sunday school hour, we're we're playing in some way. It's it's always something that is hands on. So whether that you know pre pandemic it might have been blocks or something like that. Uh, we've tried to switch to a little bit more individual stuff with the pandemic. Um, it might be like fine motor skill activities, sensory bins. We paint with water, paint with mm-hmm. yogurt. Um, that that was something that I started doing a long time ago because I recognized that they needed something to help them transition from being with mom or dad or whoever. Something kind of interesting that they, they kind of wanted to come in and check out and see. Um, also, we carry it over into the beginning of the class a little bit because as new kids come in, you know, and you're, you're always going to have some that come in a little bit late. Yes. But in this age group, it's particularly disruptive. Um, especially if that other kid is crying and, you know, if you were in the middle of a story or something else, you know, you still want to distract the other kids with some sort of activity, um, and get the other kid calmed down and kind of integrated into what's going on. So it really does help, uh, smooth, you know, it makes, 
the morning run a little bit more smoothly when we have them doing something as they're coming in. So you're hearing experience right now. This is not something that you pick up from a book. You learn this from just raw experience. <laughs> yeah. Probably the school you were of in the middle of it. Yes. <laughs> in the middle of a story, a crying yeah. kid came in, class was over. Mm, like, yes. <laughs> so you've learned the hard way. But before the pre-class even starts, the room looks incredible. And I would love to say that we have so many rooms that we don't know what to do with at our church and and we have infinite space but we don't and as much as i would like it uh, we're sharing classes with multiple people it's not just the school it's a sunday school it's also bible studies it's bible quizzing it's whatever is going on that week so we're sharing this so we can't leave decorations up but sister abad does an incredible job of transforming every single week a plain school room into an incredible, immersive Sunday school room that the kids, they see it and they want to come in. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Because you're doing this every week, setting up and tearing down. Yeah. <laughs> tell us how that how that works. Um, so we decided to share a room with, um, well, we could have picked any school. So they have school during the week. And then on the weekends uh, or Sunday, we use it for the Sunday school classroom. So pretty pandemic we used the whole room and um we didn't know how many kids we were going to get after so we um i kind of cut it down to half the room and so i decided to put um i got tablecloths and then at the dollar store and they have um other like door decorations and i got i was thinking of doing um under the water theme and so that's so, what I got. Uh, part of the reason that you cut the room in half was because we couldn't mess up the school too right. much, too. Because they, they, yeah. we're in California. For those that aren't in California, we're, we're in a different... We have different rules in other states, probably. So we had to be super careful with sanitizing. And so the desks are right. sanitized. The chairs are sanitized. So anything we touch, we have to clean. Right. And so you, so, if I recall, you... So I just move uh, some of the chairs um, out of the way, out of that half room, and just move them where we'll know where to replace them. And then you and, have to block it off or the kids don't and, get to them, right? Right. So, <laughs> so now, I'm sorry. So that's why the room is only half utilized. Yeah. And then we, um, then I put just tablecloths on the wall. And since it was under theme, underwater theme, um, I looked at the went different places, looked, uh, kind of kept in my mind what I wanted to, I don't know, I don't know why, I just get in my mind a certain look or what I want to see, and then I'll just kind of uh, find different things to make that come alive, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so I found at the, mostly I go to the 99 cent store, and I found blow-up, um, uh, like fish and yeah, yeah, summer, sharks, summer um, equipment. And then they had uh, balloons from I think it was Mother's Day, and so there was a shark. I'm not sure why that related <laughs> to mothers, but I found a balloon that said uh, something about the shark. So we used that. Had some sharks made uh, jellyfish. Probably mom and a shark. Made jellyfish out of the lanterns, uh, Chinese lanterns, and put uh, hanging um, like blue streamers. streamers. Yeah, yeah streamers. Mm-hmm. So let's see what else. So I the did. tablecloth on the wall, you cover all the walls, right? There's yeah. no visible walls, so it's completely transformed from this white ugh, well, school it, room. It was construction. <laughs> Underneath is construction theme because the school, their 
classroom uh, has it in construction. But once you go in, you're under the water. Mm-hmm. And so I did uh, put those up. Uh, we've done other themes. We did Legos, and I just got big Legos and um, used those. What else? Did so for do? those that say you can't be creative because you're sharing a classroom, yeah. I, uh, Sister Abad begs to differ because she does every week, sets up and tears down. So I can. How, how long do you think it takes you to set up? Uh, probably an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, just depending on if I want to add things. And uh, So it just depends how bad yeah. you want your classroom <laughs> to look inviting. You, and I think, too, a lot of people will say, like, oh, I don't want to do it because it can be so expensive to get all these different yeah. decorations. But that's, like, proof that you yeah. don't have to. She gets blue it's, tablecloths, puts them all over. You're under the water. The what is it blue balloons yeah and they're tied on a string so it's like bubbles coming down and the fish it's brilliant it's really cool it's really cool and when i walked in you guys had a plank set up oh yeah and it was a (laughs) a game get on board with With repentance repentance. is that right you had sharks in the water yeah that was the sharks of sin we uh it it was a different i found it on pinterest i think and it was for some other game and I just uh, adapted it to repentance. We were talking about repentance mm-hmm. that week. And so it was the sharks of sin was trying to get you and or the kids. And yeah. they walked over the plank and as repentance. And I wrote repentance on the plank. So That's awesome. It kind of <clears throat> So either you can complain and say, I don't have time or we don't have the resources or we don't have the space. Or you can just say, I'm going to do whatever it takes and make my room look really cool. And that's, yeah. it's a lot of work, but it has made an impact. And it definitely, especially for those shy kids that are coming in after COVID, they haven't even seen anybody for a year. Right. <laughs> and now they walk into this underwater world and it's just a great way of making them, wow, this is cool. And then with yeah. that combined with your pre-class activity, mm-hmm. I mean, no kid in the right mind is going to want to walk out of that. So that's right. exciting. Yeah. Tell them that. <laughs> <clears throat> so um, we had a pre-class and then what do we do? Uh, you have parents coming in. Um, so what do you do with parents? With with our class, we prefer them not to be in there, quite frankly, just because they're more of a distraction than a help. But you guys, I guess it depends on the child, right? Yes. Is that fair to say? Yes. How do you deal with that? If Sister Lizana's great at that. <laughs> yes. I mean, once they come in and if they're crying, she... She'll hold them pretty much the whole yeah, class I, yeah, time. Yeah, I would but. say toddler class is a lot more hands-on, and I mean that like completely literally. Right. Um, usually I wish I had more hands. And, and, you know, you will have parents who come in, and, you know, that was me, and I had a kid that honestly just genuinely was terrified and, and wouldn't have stayed. And so, you know, I was allowed to kind of hang out in the back, and I would help out with things um, so long as the parent isn't disruptive. You know, we let them come and kind of hang out in the back. Um, Usually, eventually, the kid will end up staying. Um, A lot of times, one of the things, too, that this is another, like, school of hard knocks kind of a thing for me, but when the parents are dropping the kids off, um, sometimes, you know, I have a tendency to have some that, that, like, get them distracted with our pre-lesson activity, and then they sneak out. And in my experience, that's been kind of difficult to overcome because it works once, but then the next week, that kid is not letting whoever is dropping them off out of their sight. And, you know, I would just, I always encourage parents to, you know, tell them bye, we'll see you later. 
that is so counterintuitive, but genius. Like to me, it would be like I'm I'm ninjaing out of here. I'm crawling out of my hands, yeah. and hoping yeah. they don't see me. Yeah. But that's brilliant. Yeah. So well, you learn the hard way. Yeah. But that, and once they discover that you know you've snuck out on them, you've betrayed them, you're gone. <laughs> oh, like this yeah. is really upsetting, mm-hmm. and it's it's honestly sometimes even worse than the parent just saying you know okay bye. And on mm-hmm. we have we have one little boy that comes. Right now, he cries every time. I peel him off of his dad every time he comes, bring him in the class, and within, like, 28 seconds, he's fine. <laughs> now, if they continue to cry, you know, even though we're, you know, working with them, trying to get them to calm down, and they just continue to cry, we don't want Sunday school to be a negative experience. Yeah. So I, I tell them, bring them back. I don't care if you bring them back every single week and they cry every time and I bring them back to you every time. At some point, it's going to it's gonna catch. It's going to work and they're going to be fine. You know, so I think it's just keep bringing them. You know, we'll say bye. We'll, we'll give this a try. And if they're genuinely unhappy or upset, then we go ahead and we take them back at that point. That's awesome. And I think it's true. All kids kind of develop at their own pace. And I know sometimes they are ready to mm-hmm. leave your class and come to ours. And sometimes they are not. They come in and this is way too different and way too weird. Yeah. And I don't want anything to do with it. We try to make our class fun, but sometimes it's just too startling. So it's better for them to stay in your class until they're ready. And when they make the transition, I want it to be uh, uh, smooth. I don't want to force them into it. Mm-hmm. Um so what's a typical schedule? What do you guys do on a week-to-week basis? So we have the decorations, we have the pre-class activity, and then what? Then we uh, bring out the Bible, mm-hmm. and we have three different... Uh, you teach from the Bible? Well, yes, that's revelatory. We I see a lot of teachers, <laughs> well, we they teach to- from everything but the Bible. <laughs> we have to tell them what it is, and they have to answer what is it. That's awesome. I like that. And, it, and we reinforce that it's a true Word of God, everything in it's true, it's God's word, mm-hmm. and from and there, this is every week. Yes, every week. I love it. That is Sunday. so good. And what helps us is we have um, some um, visual visuals. I, you took a picture, so they're on. Yes. So uh, Sister Eva brought brought some visuals of things that they do for their class. I took pictures, and I'm going to post them on Apostolic Sunday School slash Podcast Visuals, and it's in the notes below. So. I just pointed down. You guys can't see that. But I'm pointing down in the description because it's there. Uh, but in the description, you'll see a link, and you can click that and go straight to the visuals that she's going to talk about. I don't know if it's now or later on, but we'll have them all there. So the visuals are three visuals um, and the then the Bible. So the first one is repentance. You know repentance, you're going to turn around. So there's an arrow kind of like turning and two children praying underneath. And so we show them that, and we're telling them, repentance is turning around so they're literally will make them turn around and then we'll say and then you have to stop and <laughs> they stop you have to stop sinning repent you have to stop yeah, turning away from your sins, sins. this yeah. is really good because you're getting more than just hearing involved mm-hmm. now they're acting it out right. i don't remember the percentages but i, I did I, yeah. there's a study on how much kids retain with different types of teaching hearing only versus hearing and experiencing versus them doing it themselves and it just the the percentages just grow and grow and grow so now they've heard it and now they're doing it they're physically turning around and stopping and then the second one is baptism there's an arrow pointing downward and uh, someone getting baptized and they're in the water 
And that's what we tell them. Once you're baptized, you're in the water, and you're going down in Jesus' name. And we have them hold their nose that's awesome. and go down. And and this is every week. Every week. This is so cool. And the waters float, go washes yeah. over you, and you washes your sins. People away. say, you know, how do you know you're teaching them something? I'd be willing to bet any kid that's been in your class oh, yeah. more than maybe, probably once. But but <laughs> if you've been in there any length of time, every one of those kids could go through the whole sequence. Right. And I just cut you off. I'm yeah. sorry. So we're at Prentice Baptism in Jesus' name. And then the Holy Ghost is kids uh, kind of like dancing. There's a flame on their head, and it's. Uh, receiving the Holy Ghost. And uh, so we tell them that. And so we make them raise their hands and shout like they're getting the Holy Ghost. That's awesome. And then um, the last one is heaven, a play, uh, picture of heaven, what heaven looks like. And we, that kind of is um, kind of difficult maybe because they don't really know what heaven is. And um, we say it's, it might look like this. It's a beautiful place. And, and, so. and again, the pictures of all of these things she's describing is right. on uh, Apostolic Sunday School slash podcast visuals. You can see all those there. Um, so you do that every week. And every then week. we go into, what's, uh, what's a typical? Maybe a, sometimes we do a song. song. Mm-hmm. So after that, we'll do a song. Um, I learned the hard way what kind of songs to play and not play. So my first, you know, I was involved in Sunday school behind the scenes or like in the pandemic, all that. So, um, and then I was in Sunday school with the super class for a little bit. And when I came to the toddler class, I was like, you guys, we have this amazing song. It's called Fandabadozy. It's going to be awesome because our class loves it. Like our class goes crazy for it. Well, I'm playing it and all like five, six, seven little toddlers are like looking at me and I'm like jumping around doing the Fandabadozy sign singing. And they're just like, like staring blankly at me for a minute. And then they're just running around screaming at each other. And I was like, okay, no, they'll get it. They'll get it. Next verse. Next verse. They'll get it. No, it never happened. Like, at that's all. really wild. So that's a, <laughs> that was the thing that I learned that um, I was going to say at the conference when Delaney was talking about how you have to have all this energy and you're like yelling and doing all these signs and you have to give like 120% if you want, if you want them to give 60%. And I was going to tell everybody like... Everything you just learned from Delaney, throw it all out the window for toddlers. <laughs> like everything, throw it completely out the window. Um, so I'll let them talk about how to do good songs because I'm still learning. <laughs> but they do a great job <laughs> with the songs with the kids. So what kind of songs do you sing? Do you use music? Is it acapella? How do you guys do it? Uh, it's acapella. It, yeah, it, yeah, it usually is. It's really simple stuff. You know, you picked up on it, Sister Liz. It's <laughs> repetitive stuff. Right. Like the B-I-B-L-E. We sing the birdie with the yellow bill. It's it's simple, um, typically very repetitive. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. That kind of thing. Um, because these, these are people that are just learning how to talk. They don't really have full command of language yet. The... A hand eye coordination. Fandabadozy is probably stuff. the most wordy song on the planet. <laughs> the worst song to do, and I was like, Sister Lozano, I got music this week. Don't worry. <laughs> That's so awesome. I love, it. I love it. I learned, though. You can do the same song. Like, you know, anybody who has toddlers knows this. You will read the same bedtime story mm-hmm. eight times mm-hmm. a night for four years. Like, they love that repetition. So they will sing the same song every week or three or four times in the same week. 
and we just kind of, you know, feel it out, roll with the punches. Sometimes you need that to kind of help you get everybody corralled again and get their energy together, out a little yeah. bit before a lesson. And sometimes we'll stop between the lessoning and Sister Lozano will say, let's sing a song. You guys are... Yeah. <laughs> <Just kidding laughs> we need it. We need it. Yeah. yeah. It, sure. it is a good way to kind of get up, get some of that energy out, and well, then kind that's of... A, that's a good point. Down. I was going to ask you. So energy is... is <sighs> In our class, energy is a good thing and a bad thing. You know, it's it's great to get them wound up and excited, but sometimes you can get them so excited you can never calm them down again. So you guys have young ones, mm-hmm. and I I just read something about like the amount of energy a, a toddler puts off is mind blowing. <laughs> like it's like ten times what an adult does in a day, and we think we're tired. But these kids just they're just like energizer bunnies. What do you guys do? How how do you control that or redirect it? That's. Just redirect it, uh, show them something else. Sometimes we'll have to craft like an activity Mm -hmm. and then Play-Doh. So um, we'll switch off. Um, I think we, at one point, we had a green carpet. So once we did a craft, we'd say, everybody go to the green carpet. We have no chairs in our class. So everybody's on the floor, literally, uh, with the kids. And that's where you want to be, right there. Because you're on their level, talking to them and... Um, just in redirecting them, like you said, to what's going on. That's great. And so we'll have them sit on the green carpet, and usually they stay there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just depends. Pre-pandemic, our kids were older. I think we had like four and five years old, or the majority of them in the class were a little older, like four and five and now we have two more two and three year olds it seems like it goes through cycles sometimes where you'll have it'll be skewed a little bit more towards the older side and then sometimes you know you'll have more younger kids and i think you know you just have to roll with the punches and there are times where you know and again this is something i learned the hard way i'll come in with a plan and i'll think i'm going to do this craft i'm going to do this thing and I, you know, I start getting into the to the class part way through, and I'm like, this is not, this isn't going to work mm-hmm. for today. And so sometimes it's it's just an adjustment on the fly. And my more elaborate, you know, refrigerator masterpiece needs to turn into you know some band aids on a, a postcard for <laughs> the Good Samaritan or how Jesus takes care of us. And, that, and that's literally all we're doing. You you kind of have to be able to make those adjustments as you need to. And there are times where I've had crafts. And in or other activities, and it ends up being we're going to play and sing today, and that's because that's all we can get out of it today. That's great. <clears throat> yeah, be flexible. Um, you, you mentioned the very young ones, so this is this is something that that obviously we don't deal with. But what do you do with kids that are so young that maybe they're still in diapers or they have I don't know that, something that we don't deal with? What do you do? I mean, I'm asking for me. I genuinely don't know. Like I don't know what I would do. It just I think I would just run out. <laughs> That's probably not what you do though. So yeah. teach us. <laughs> I just remember we had a, a mother there and uh, from the bus and her son and he had he needed his mess, diaper yeah. change and she was there. So you just keep on teaching. I yeah. just keep on teaching. You can't te- treat them any different. You know. Sure. It just. Um, I've had uh, one of the girls say um, she was being potty trained, so I took her to the restroom, and she had the accident. But luckily, her mother's in a teacher, so she got to stay with her mother the rest of the, um, or she wanted to. But. Yeah, I think that's something you kind of have to decide, you know, 
are you going to take them with diapers or not? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's that's up to, you know, each individual class and, and that kind of thing. But it is something you're going to deal with at mm-hmm. some point. Um, you know, so I think you just need to decide, is that something that we can handle here? Is that not? Now, we've, in, in the time that I've been in the class, we've never changed a diaper. We always send the kid back. But you will deal with a lot of, you know, potty training. And this isn't the class where you can say, okay, you need to wait. And they need to go. And you kind of need to look for those cues like, you know, they're kind of dancing around, kind of, you know. If, if you're a parent, especially you've been around small kids, you, you kind of get to know. Like, I'm pretty quick to ask them, like, do you need to go to the restroom? And, and you need to be able to stop and, and take them, you know, right away. And I think it's important to have at least three people in the toddler class, even if it's very small for this reason, because you do need to be able to respond super fast. And sometimes you've got to take a kid back to their parent or take them to the restroom. And it's probably not good, especially if the class is is fairly sizable. If you've got more than five or six kids in there to leave only one person with those kids, because I have had a situation where one of them got out of the class Ooh. and ran away. And I'm here, you know, the other did teachers... Did you leave in the 90 and 9 and go find that one? <laughs> we did have to go searching for the lost sheep. But what happens is the 90 and 9 don't stay in place either. They probably won't follow <laughs> you. Your lost sheep, like, multiplies very quickly in that environment. So you just described a nightmare in my it, head. Yes, oh, my and goodness. yeah, that's, I think, probably why I, I, I focus on that. Because I, I'm thinking, I have other people's children, you know. I, I can't lose it child like lord i can't now you're lose rubbing a child. it in yeah okay all i can think of is junior camp when you start saying this. <laughs> no yeah don't lose a child yeah another story for another day all right um how about snacks do you guys do that every week yes we do i think some come purely for the snacks <laughs> well i know a lot of our bus kids i mean that's the best way to get them on the bus is to tell them hey we're have talkies today or something so i assume that would work for younger ones obviously maybe not talkies but uh, what kind of snacks do you do and what do you look out for? Is there anything you'd be careful of with that age? So this is another mistake that I made. Another huge mistake. I think one of my first weeks that I brought snacks, um, I was like, man, all kids love milk and cookies. Like, I'm going to be the coolest teacher ever. I'm going to bring milk and cookies. So I brought those bottles of Nesquik. There's no straw. There's no, like, little sippy cup thing. It's like you open it, and it's this huge top that you can drink from. I, and I'm I like, no, 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 I it's fine. I can sense where this is going. And um, there were spills. Lots of, lots of, lots of spills that day. And I was telling, as I was cleaning up the milk, <laughs> I was telling Sister Lozano, like, why didn't I think of that? Like, I have two, I have two girls. They're five and seven. Like, they were toddlers just a few years ago how did I forget like you get a juice box with the straw and all these kids are dressed up for church and just chocolate milk everywhere so I'm still learning well, that there, but <laughs> I would there have done is the a same special thing. way to drink the snack box and sister Lozano showed the kids yeah you have to peel up the there's a tab the on little the side tabs, yeah. <laughs> and those are the wings that's how they hold it so they don't squeeze it mm-hmm. and it shoots out the they're pros that is they brilliant. are pros <laughs> <laughs> so even snack time, like yes. now I know every week I'm not going to bring milk. I'm not going to bring a Capri Sun. I'm going to bring a juice box so they can hold it by the wings because that's what Sister was on the top. I would never think of. that's brilliant. I squirt myself with when I drink a Capri Sun. Now you just need a box with the wings. Now I know. 
Yeah. That's brilliant. What about, uh, do you worry about allergies or anything like that with kids? I, yeah, especially if it's a new kid, I do make sure to ask because the kids are not going to be able to tell you. And mm -hmm. and some of them have come having food allergies. We've had some that have been pretty sensitive, yeah. um, like like a super sensitive allergy for nuts and stuff like that. So, you know, when we've had those kids in the class, I have been really careful with what I bring in. Um, because that child like couldn't even, if you had prepared a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on the counter and then made her another sandwich on that same counter, she was that sensitive to it. Oof. It doesn't happen all the time, but, um, I have found that fruit snacks are pretty much safe. I think, and, and I've not come across a kid that couldn't have a fruit snack. And so I, I generally try to keep a couple of those with me, um, or gummy bears because, we had a kid who couldn't eat eggs. And so if you had any kind of cookie, most of the time that had eggs, but then, you know, you just switch that out with the highly desirable fruit snack. And all of a sudden they go from being the kid that couldn't eat the snack to having something that everybody else kind of wants to have. Speaking of, you guys are really good at making snack part of the lesson though. Instead of it just being a sideline, just something to, as nutrition, you guys are really good at tying it in. Um, you guys did something with... Jesus telling them to cast their net and then pulling in all these fish the and fish. filling up the boat. So you had this little origami boat filled mm -hmm. with gold fish crackers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so um, it's brilliant. It's awesome. But yeah. well, you guys do stuff like that with frequency. Can you give some ideas for people out there? What are some stuff you've tried that work? Sister Abad just did one when we were talking about creation, how God created the world. She brought in donut holes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so they all got to hold their own little world in their hand, their own little donut hole. And, I, and so then the kids eat their world. That. That's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> and then Sister Lozano just did one on creation too, the 10 days of creation. And you oh. can talk about that. But I was sitting there like, oh, that 10 is days. so upset. Oh, this is Seven a new days. one. <laughs> <laughs> I was just really excited. I was, I was, I was taking three snacks days. from everybody else. <laughs> I was like, oh, these are good snacks. Okay, no, but you should talk about that. Like, those were amazing. Yeah, that, that was fun. And I found it on Pinterest. And Pinterest does have a lot of really good ideas for snack stuff. Um, guys, so, don't be too proud to use Pinterest. It's awesome. It, yeah, it's, Pinterest is great. I, 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 I say guys to literal guys, oh, like males. Literal like men. Go on Pinterest. Men, don't, don't be like that. Yeah, it, 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 there's all kinds of great ideas. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, that's I actually mostly what I use it for is, mm -hmm. is Sunday school stuff. My other boards, I guess, on there don't have much, but the Sunday school one is full. Um, but I found this on Pinterest, and it was um, like a creation trail mix. And so I think on the first day, you know, God separated light from darkness. We've got an Oreo and we Ooh, separate. That's brilliant. Yes. Okay. And, and, and I had their attention. And they actually are doing the separating? Yes. yes. That is so good. It's now, so that good. That is so good. I'm going to tell you the thing is there were some of them that are following along and then some of them had eaten <laughs> beyond the day that we were on. And that's just a part of it. Oh, right? This is so good. You're and, teaching and, even like, and they're touching yes. and they're tasting. Oh, physically. yes. This is brilliant. Because they taste it, and then so at the end of each day, you tell it, tell it, Sister Lozano. It's so good. I think I know where you're going. It was, with. So, it was good. It was good. Okay, I'm sorry. Good. I jumped again yes. there. So that was, okay, tell yeah, me about it. That's what we did, you know, because God said at the end of every day, you know, that He looked back on what He's <clears> done and He said, it was good. It's good. We simplified it, right? You know, this we just is said, brilliant it's good. on the level that goes yeah. beyond. Like, that is uh, so it was stinking good. Okay, yeah. they break it. You're talking about creation, light and darkness comes apart, then they eat it. <clears throat> yes. Okay. 
It is good. I, I would have to go back into Pinterest and look at all of them, but um, we had, like for, you know, when God... Just give a few of them. Yeah, making the, the plants. Um, I had pretzel rods for the trees. That's like a tree trunk, you know, God, oh, this mm. looks kind of like a stick or a tree trunk, you know. We had raisins, and one of the kids said, oh, that's gross. <laughs> So we, you well, don't have to eat that. That day was all right. Yeah. <laughs> we, weren't, we weren't so thrilled about that day, the Oreo day, that we were pretty excited about that one. Um, you know, and then, of course, goldfish. I had animal crackers for when God made the animals. Um, the one thing I didn't have um, was when God made people. Keebler? Don't they make a little bit? They do, and I thought about that after, but it, it was too late. You know, it was like one of those brilliant ideas after when it was too late. But what I did do is I brought one of the kids up, and I had them sit with me, and I said, God did not speak this one into existence when he made this. That's good. He, you know, and I have them lay on the ground like he made all, you know, we go over, you know, and little kids like things like this, you know, oh, she has ears, she has a nose. God made all of that. And, I, you know, of course, I didn't put my face on her, but, you know, I kind of, you know, breathed, and I said, and God breathed life into this one um and then we had um marshmallows for the seventh day you know where god rested and they're like pillows mm-hmm. um and most of the kids did not make it to day seven with the marshmallow that was one of the first I can days imagine. To go. this reminds me of that science study they did like if the kid can resist the marshmallow he's gonna like grow up to be a scientist or something crazy mm-hmm. yeah so. yeah well, i don't, I don't know if any of those but <laughs> no they, they were listening um that is so good and yeah and after every day you know he said it's good you know mm-hmm. what did god the say the snack it's good. is yeah. the lesson it was that's so awesome. awesome that is that is so so good mm-hmm. why didn't we teach that in our class okay i'm still in yeah. it doesn't have to be two to four year olds no. a five to ten year old would it honestly eat that up. yeah uh, <laughs> we use the little nacho trays too i've, I've yeah. developed a really uh like i really like those nacho trays it's a nice way to kind of corral things with them um kind of individual you yeah. know little like play own. place or you know whatever i put sensory bin stuff in those so just a free mm-hmm. tip i, I they're cheap so and good. i love using them wow so it, does the order of what you do change every week do you try to keep it the same do kids want to know what to expect not know you want to surprise them like where how does that work for that age no, for toddlers, I think we keep it the same yep. every single week. Repetition with that age group is key, right? Which is okay. another thing. So, what would that that be? So, we got pre-class, we got the Bible, we go through repentance, baptism, then we go into song, song. song. Mm-hmm. Okay, song, and then the snack, a or is lesson. that later? Then lesson. Lesson. Okay, tell tell us a little bit about that, somebody. Um, lessons just depend on. We have a schedule, mm-hmm. and. It's divided into three different parts, our Sunday school. So it's the activity, the lesson, and the snack. So one person is in charge of each of those. So the lesson, it's whatever topic. Um, Like last um, Sunday, Mm -hmm. we taught about, it was Adam and Eve. And so I, it was my, me, my turn. (laughs) So I uh, decorated, I made a tree and with the apple. And uh, it was out of cardboard, kind of 3D. And then a sign that said Garden of Eden. I use the kids, and mm-hmm. but these are younger age. Uh, they were probably about three, and so one of them lost his attention span and took off. And my, <laughs> my Adam did, so I had to get another Adam. <laughs> and so they got they picked the fruit off the tree, and I was showed that um, I had a kind of like a foam heart on one side was white and the other side was black and once they pick the fruit they send you know their heart turned from white to 
black and that's how we sin. So then I went into repentance and baptism in um, getting the Holy Ghost. And uh, it was kind of like at the end of the class, and so we were kind of getting ready to um, go have our snack, and then I said, does anybody want to pray? And I turned around, and one of the um, three-year-olds, she already had her hands in the air, and she started. She had her eyes closed and was praying, and so we kind of prayed with her for a while and just held on well. um, And so that was really neat, and that's what I look forward to happening in our class more. Yeah, Absolutely. So uh, your lessons are always visual? Is there always uh, something to show them? Is it sometimes a story? Is it just depend? I, I kind of, it really does just depend. And honestly, I think one of the things that's so neat about having three different people, you know, we're rotating that responsibility. All three of us have our different style. Right. But that's, it's good. It's not boring that way. Um, everybody's bringing different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Sister Liz has used like a felt board. We've used felt boards. I, I will say, you know, sometimes getting the kids to place the figures on there can be a challenge. <laughs> um, they, they, if you've given them to them, they don't like to give them up. <laughs> um, but, yeah. you know, or, you know, putting them on there. But, you know, it, the thing is, is it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Everything doesn't mm-hmm. have to be orchestrated, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, choreographed you, you just kind of roll with it and and it does help if you've got something for them to look at um, and something for them to kind of touch or be part of you, mm-hmm. you kind of have to engage more than just the sitting and listening we do a lot with right. the stories where it'll be like oh if you hear this word you you scrunch up your feet like uh, King Saul you know he was angry you know David and Jonathan and so if you hear King Saul you know you scrunch up your face and you growl um, you know if you hear uh, this word, you know, David, he was a shepherd, so then you make the sound of sheep. That that kind of thing really uh, helps to keep their attention. If you're just up there talking, they're, yeah. they're going to be off run around. Well, that goes for pretty much any age group, yeah. unless, except the adults. The, they seem to get away with it in the adult <laughs> class, but <clears throat> uh, in, in ours, that, that ain't going to fly either. Mm-hmm. But that's that's great. Um, what about safety considerations? So these these age, they probably um, you probably have to deal with stuff that we don't. As far as like keeping them, like do they just like I don't know, lick walls, eat carpet? Like is it someone who, all of the above? I, I know I was kind of being sarcastic there, but what do you have to look out for? Is there anything yes. in particular? What do we have to look out for? Yes, yes, everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're going. Just well, anything, well, anything around. They're gonna, they're gonna eat it or try to. They stick will it put it. You know, a lot of times, yes, they will put it in their mouth. Um, you know, so tasting it. Yeah, I mean, Play-Doh is safe to eat, um, but we do try to kind of tell them, oh, you don't put that in your mouth. You want to watch for that. Um, but yeah, any toys that you have, anything you have, also because we're in a shared room, mm-hmm. uh, they will try. They want to get into everything. They want to see everything. They're not necessarily being bad, but they're curious. You know, if there's scissors, staplers, uh, push pins, you know, all that kind of stuff, they will be looking to get into that. So you kind of have to keep your eye on that. So part of your setup for the class is just being aware of putting everything away that a kid might puncture themselves with. Yep. (laughs) I I use uh, the tacks only on the top of the, when I've put anything on the wall. They're all, everything's on the top, so they can't reach anything. And I uh, put it higher than they can reach. Like even the streamers on the mm-hmm. jellyfish, they can't reach them. They can't reach a fish. Um, so, yeah, everything's higher. 
but um, it's within their visual. Yeah, and because we're using that that shared classroom, you know, Sister Abad is pushing the desk up against the wall. I mean, there's, you know, there's stuff in there that they shouldn't be messing with, but she's really good about covering that with some, like, the tablecloths or whatever. So it's kind of like they... They're not even thinking about getting into that. It's, well, that's, it's that's a good point. I was going to say that. It's, it's one thing to put caution tape or, or a, a rope across, but you make it invisible. It's like that yeah. half of the room doesn't mm-hmm. exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You put those hanging cloths, and, and when you walk in, you just you you don't you have no desire to go there because it doesn't exist as far as your brain's concerned. That's right. really, really good. Um, you mentioned dividing the schedules, so you, you split up every week the activity the first part Mm -hmm. and And then then the lesson and then the snack okay and you guys just rotate that every week Mm -hmm. yes okay um where do you get your ideas from for say a lesson if you know you're teaching on creation where do you go is it like pinterest your go-to or is there other other places they can go to i usually go into google and just input what i want preschool lesson on and it'll bring up um, both uh, Pinterest and it'll bring up other websites, mm-hmm. and then I. So that brings us to a, to a question that people ask all the time about curriculum. Mm-hmm. In a perfect world, we would have the ideal curriculum with everything on paper, and we could use it and you know make that our, our outline for every Sunday. We we haven't found anything that fits us perfectly, and so what we do is we make topics. And so we know ahead of time what we're going to be teaching for the next year, I'm assuming. You guys mm-hmm. have the whole year planned mm-hmm. out. Uh, and so the whole year is planned out. And there's a good the, the good thing about not having a curriculum is I feel like we, we're more in tune with the lesson when we do make it. Because now mm-hmm. we've invested in it instead okay. of just getting it off a piece of paper. Um, is that a fair statement for your yeah. age group as well? I think it is. I've taught both with yeah. a curriculum. And with the topic, and I, I think it is just like you said, you having take the having to take the time to go look for what you want, and then thinking about it, and I guess praying about it or mm-hmm. fasting about it, mm-hmm. and then you finally find different things on the site that'll kind of um, spark your interest in. <laughs> so, if we haven't mentioned this, our podcast is raw and unedited. Like we don't clip anything, right? Have we, right. we? We don't hit stop and I hit pause. So right now we're recording this in our living room, and outside is is our pastor uh, on a quad uh, with his Jared? kids. Oh, that was Jared too. No, on a yeah, trail bike. Yeah, and, and so we are dealing oh. with having a concert. This is some of the distractions you might have in a two to four year old class. Right. Not necessarily comes a quad, in quad. <laughs> yeah. but but surprises oh, and somehow you have to maintain your composure and keep going even when someone is staring through your window waving at you <laughs> while you're recording a podcast but we're not cutting this out this is staying in <clears throat> but seriously you do have to deal with distractions uh, so. yeah uh, but that was that was uh, so yeah so we have to um, go Pinterest Google you'll look up different websites yeah. I just keep roaming through them until I see something that sparks my interest or something I can change how many times are you able to just take that and use it 
perfectly the way they have Never. it for your class. Never. Has that ever happened? No. Oh my word. The no, first, it hasn't for me. The first week that I was in the toddler class, we were talking about repentance and sin. And so I saw this really awesome idea online about like writing sins on a circle piece of colored paper and putting them, you know, all over your body and those and you just pretend that they're not there. And so there was this verse given there about like blotting away the sins, like the spots or something like that. And I was so all week I was like, where is this in the Bible? I'm looking everywhere. And then it was I and then I read the fine print on like the little lesson that I found and it was like a Mormon thing. And I was like, oh, okay, well I'm using that for Jesus. <laughs> for the apostolic church. So um I forgot your question, but yeah. No, 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 no. I want to talk was, about how that was really neat. And yeah, that's good. I, it was very yeah, it because was, it was very visual and she started right. I thought I thought it was part of her I mean, costume. costume. Because she was dressed fun and I thought she had just made these polka dots for herself and I didn't realize until she started peeling them off and reading this stuff and the kids were like what is going on here? Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Yeah. But that's part of the impetus to create ApostolicSundaySchool.com mm-hmm. was because I was so tired of only finding Baptist and Mormon mm-hmm. and denominational mm-hmm. lessons that you have to always rewrite. And that's part of why this podcast exists is we want, we're making a curriculum soon and to, to put on record what we're doing so we have these ideas because mm-hmm. why, why recreate it? over and over and over again when we can have at least a store of of good ideas. Um, Let's see. How difficult is it to maintain their attention? Uh, I know for a 5 to 10-year-old, it's really hard. So I can only imagine for a 2 to 4-year-old how hard that would be. Yeah. Do you just keep mixing it up? Do you just keep... I think it's just a lot of hands-on stuff. Because I... I mean, yeah, they're kids and yeah, their attention span is short. But if you're doing something where they're involved, mm-hmm. I feel like they'll really follow along with you. So the little felt board that I did when I was starting to lose their attention with that, I had um, dressed up as an artist that day. So I took the little paintbrushes out of my hair and then I was giving them to them so they could just like paint, supposedly like paint along with me. And there's no paint. There was nothing on them. But they were able to like stay invested, oh, yeah. I guess, that mm-hmm. way. So... <laughs> So, um, just keep. I think, yeah, them. just yeah. keep redirecting them whatever way you can. Pull paintbrushes out of your hair. There you and, go. And the other thing the is, everybody, um, you know, you'll start at one child or a group of kids, and we keep on Roman. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you don't stay at the same kid interacting with them. We're always moving, always interacting with everybody or trying to. <clears throat> That's great. How would you rank, or not rank? How 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 would you? judge a Sunday to be successful or, or not. Um, you know, for our class, I feel like the altar call tells a lot about how ours came out, but yours doesn't necessarily lend itself to that all the time. Um, what do you, how do you come away with a feeling of, man, I, I just didn't go well, or man, that felt great. That was a, what are some things you look for? Um, I think my big success would be um, that child who prays mm-hmm. and uh, starts you know putting into action what you've been trying to teach them that's awesome and so maybe mm-hmm. i think that would be excess because everything else it seemed like i was prepared i had everything but it sometimes that's not it you can be prepared and haven't reached them and that's i think what i'd like to do is make sure they understand or 
at least know something different about God in region. That's really good. How about you, Lizanne? Is it to Liz? You can go. Um, I, I think, you know, with the kids, a lot of times our class doesn't lend itself to altar call. And, and maybe that's something that we should work on more, um, at least, you know, with kind of the thought process of kind of helping them get used to it and understanding what's going on. Um, you know, when I would not say that in any given Sunday that we have complete control of the class, there's always some kid that's wandering around or, or, you know, and it's funny because sometimes that's the kid that, you know, the mom comes like, Oh, did you know he learned that there's only one God? And I'm like, Oh really? Because <laughs> I, we were tearing him out of the underwater expanse. And um, I wasn't sure that he'd learned anything, but he did. Um, but just, you know, knowing that I've I've kept their attention the whole time. That is very challenging. Um, you know, and you, you move from thing to thing and you have to be flexible um, and kind of adjust on the fly based on what's going on. So if I know that, you know, we've been able to kind of keep their attention, keep them kind of together with us pretty much the whole time. Um, and that they've, they've enjoyed themselves. They seem mm-hmm. to have had a good time. Um, I, I consider that a success. A, a lot of times, and especially, too, as we're getting ready to go have snack, and I'm asking, you know, reiterating, going mm-hmm. over the points. Um, you know, you don't always get them telling you uh, what you taught them. So sometimes it is hard to gauge how much they got. So when you do get a good response, that's like, okay, yes. You know, uh, mm-hmm. that, that is what we talked about today. A lot of times they'll just guess, oh, God? Jesus? Can we talk about God and Jesus? The Bible, you know. Okay, well, that's good. That's work and that's sticking. But, you know, that kind of helps me gauge, you know, how much did I really get through to them um, today? And so if they're able to kind of repeat some part of the lesson, like the main point, which hopefully, you know, if we're doing it um, right, you know, it's just consistent throughout everything we're doing. And it's it's got to be really simple. You know, we're taking a concept, Mm -hmm. like usually a big concept, and it's got to condense down into a very small couple of word sentence. Yeah. That was one thing that was really hard for me going from the super class to the toddler class because, the like you said, the response is so different. In super class, when I'm doing a skit or a puppet show, the kids are, like, laughing. You, like, you hear them after, like, oh, Sister Liz, that was so funny. Or Sister Liz, I love your outfit. Like, whatever I'm dressed as, you know, different things like that. When we're doing the song, they're super into it. They're super energized. But then you go to the toddler class and they don't respond the same. They're not going to come to me and be like, that is an excellent scientist <laughs> outfit. Yeah. This is so awesome. I love that point that you made about baptism. They won't do that. And so that was hard for me in the beginning. Like, I think I had to um, shift the way that I think about the class and about the children and about the souls. Like, I liked what you said earlier about how you're bringing it all down to just like a very brief, like little sentence of like of explanation of the topic because that's what it is with the kids you're bringing it down to their level and I think I went from thinking that I had to teach this topic where they go home like mom I've had a revelation about this (laughs) like you know instead of that it's going to be like I'm going to be teaching them this every week we're going to be teaching them repentance what the bible is baptism um, all of that every single week because we're helping lay a foundation mm-hmm. in their hearts. Like really that's with so the good. toddler class, that's what it is. I, I like the foundation. term foundation you use because we're, we're, 
we know that this is a process. So you're handing them off to our class, That's and we right. and you're giving us a foundation to work with. They already know repentance, baptism, receiving yeah. the Holy Ghost. That's yeah. ingrained. Yeah. They probably heard it hundreds of times yes. by the time they leave your yeah. class. And so we can build on that and and start teaching them additional uh, concepts. Not that you haven't already done that, mm-hmm. but also what you said about uh, that we're not babysitters. Yeah. We're soul winners, no matter mm-hmm. how young they are. A two-year-old that can go back, or three-year-old or four-year-old that can go back and say repentance, baptism, and do the actions for that, mm-hmm. that's a win in anybody's book. Absolutely. <clears throat> Let alone that day's lesson. I think that's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gone a minute, a minute, one hour and seven minutes. Um, so if, if there's a couple other things, we crafts, do you guys do crafts? Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. And it's What does that look like in, for that age group? Uh, really simple. Um, I had that hand, the finger, one, uh, one God. So we had a foam outline of a hand like they do at the baseball games. It's a oh, yeah, yeah. yeah the, so, the big mm-hmm. yeah. pointy hand. Yeah. So we'll just put one God on there and put it like a handle so they can wave it. It'll be one God. Mm-hmm. And that was during our... You, uh, you showed me at the beginning of, of this podcast, you had a Bible. Oh. You made them. And I, I'm going to post a picture on, on that podcast visuals as well. But it's like, it, it's the coolest little, every kid gets one. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Every and it kid. has like a fold out. Yeah. It's a fold out that? of the pictures that we show them to repent and be baptized and uh, get the Holy Ghost and you're on the way to heaven. And it's um, just stapled inside a cover that says the Bible. And it's just printing it off and getting maybe some foam or even paper and cutting yeah, it up. Mm-hmm. So it's really simple. Um, I was going to do one on uh, when we were listening to God or Moses, mm-hmm. how we listened to God, heard God through the burning bush. And it was just a headband with big ears on it and said, I am listening. And it's just printed it out and letting them color it you have to have it all set up because they can't staple and they can't glue or cut yeah you definitely don't want to cut nothing so you have to have it already pre that's good that's a lot of preparation yeah and it's like sister abad said you they might be putting stickers on it or they might be coloring it and and that's about it does that fall in the activities section like the pre-class yeah it can be pre-class activities but sometimes during the lesson like at the end of the lesson we'll do some type of craft too or like a coloring page or i like drew a coloring page and just made copies and then um they were painting but I made paint out of yogurt. So I just took was... Greek yogurt, added some food coloring to it, and we put a little bit on some plates, and then they just had little Q-tips, and they were, like, painting with it. So if anybody ate it, they wouldn't, like, die under my care. <laughs> <laughs> so they can, like, yeah. eat the yogurt if they wanted to. But um, So things like that. But I, we use crafts or, like, hands-on things just yeah. all the time. That's great. It's almost part of the lesson, kind yeah. of integrated into mm-hmm. the lesson, that, that craft. Sense. Then we put the tablecloths under. Oh, that week I we did share. it. And then sure. I spilled the paint. I was like, oh, these kids are going to spill paint. Watch. And I spilled a whole bucket of green paint. So dollar store tablecloths make yes. a frequent appearance in the toddler class. Yes. On the We're not even going to go into everywhere. the damage we caused our class. <laughs> we'll just kind of skip right over that real quick. Oh, okay. 
Uh, it's not intentional. The same as knocking paint over. We accidentally blow holes in the ceiling. Those things happen. Those things happen. I would say, yeah, fire in the toddler class has been really limited. I can, I can, imagine. I can see that. Uh, is there anything else about that age group you guys want to mention? Uh, we're probably on the on the uh, end of the podcast, unless you have something you want to throw in here. Okay, the only thing I'm going to add real quick is just to keep the tradition alive on the super class. We did Mother's Day last week, and so we talked specifically about Mother's Day in super class. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. But uh, the intro, Brother Bob Lee came in, and he had the word wow on a piece of paper. And he said, today I'm talking about wow. And where did, he kept going <laughs> on and on about wow and how he's making this class just amazing because they told me to talk about wow. <laughs> And he did, yes, he blew an explosion and he blew Sunday school dollars into the air oh, wow. and it was chaos for a few minutes. I'm like, Bob, oh my goodness, where are you going with this thing? Because I didn't catch that he turned over wow <laughs> and he said, wait a second, I was supposed to talk about mom, <laughs> but it was so funny and clever. So he did wow and then he, he realized, oops, oops, I'm sorry guys, I actually really messed up. Today's my Mother's Day. Uh, and so I got cool. the sign backwards. Wow. But it was just a great way to start it That's off. Sweet. Of course, we did our song. We did a puppet show about this boy that didn't show much respect, but he saw the light in the end. Um, and then we did the lesson on, uh, this one's on Apostolic Sunday School, about your parents, how, how much they give of themselves. And sometimes we take it for granted, and we treat them you know, not with a lot of respect. Uh, it's a lesson where you pour milk into the, the newspaper, and you keep pouring it until the jug's almost empty. And then you open the newspaper and there's nothing there. So the parents pour themselves into you and pour themselves in and you just throw it all away. And there's nothing to show for it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes kids just, they, the love that their parents give them is wasted. Um, and then the final lesson Sister Delaney talked about, I'll bet that was Julian Estrada that did that one. Uh, Sister Delaney talked about how our parents take care of us, to give us still different illustrations, put a blanket around a kid, and said that, you know they give us warmth and comfort. And then one of them had an apron you know, they, they cook for us, they take care of us. Mm. I can't remember what the other one was, but basically the different ways that they take care of us, and so we need to uh, obey them that have the rule over us. And um, That was our class. So that's it. Uh, thank you guys so much for being oh, here. Thank you. It really yeah, has been super us. informative, and I'm, I'm not just saying this. Like I have, not that I didn't always respect what you guys did. I promise I did. <laughs> but you get a new appreciation for some of the hurdles, and the way you guys have overcome it is not just limping along you guys do it with flying colors and, and that that creation eating your way through the lesson that is so through brilliant. the seven days that is, that, not all ten <laughs> we're gonna cut off those last three yeah. but yeah, thank you guys for joining out. us oh, my word. <laughs> and uh if you're out there listening and you have an idea for what you want us to cover in one of these podcasts let us know shoot an uh, email to info at apostolic sunday school.com and we will be happy to cover that topic thank you liz thank you sister three sister abad you guys have been awesome appreciate it god bless we'll see y'all next time